Hey everyone, this is Jeff Stevens and this is the Creative Stick Up. Today's episode is brought to you by Creative Circle, one of North America's largest staffing agencies that truly understands the creative mindset. Visit creativecircle.com to get connected with St. Louis's top talent within 24 hours. While you're there, you can visit their blog, Our Notebook. Crafted for the creative professional, Art Notebook has creative inspiration from around the country. Interviews with top industry thought leaders and advice and insight to freelancers and job seekers. Live creative at creativecircle.com. Or for more info, call the St. Louis office at 877-851-3066, 877-851-3066. All right, everyone, it's uh, great to be back. We are kicking off a brand new series on the Creative Stick Up podcast. And first, I want to say that we are welcoming a new co-host, Jennifer Ertley, will be uh, my co-host for the, the coming future. She has graciously agreed to grace our presence at these sessions. Uh, so all the insightful questions, witty remarks, and uh, awesomeness will probably be coming from her. So when you hear her voice, that's who it is. Um, and then this first legend, we've got a bunch of great legends coming up. Uh, the first one out of the box is Jack Thorwegan. Uh, most of you know Jack Thorwegan as the man who founded the great agency Zipatoni. And in its day... Zipatoni was legendary. Lots of creatives and lots of talent and lots of ideas and lots of craziness and memories and great work passed through there over the years. And we sit down and talk about that with Jack. Jack is also doing something incredibly interesting right now. He's got a new concept and a new agency called Proof. Um, and it's it's interesting and it's exactly Jack Thorwegan. So Jennifer and I sit down with him. Enjoy our conversation with Jack Thorwegan. interviewed a brand guy from Sailor Jerry. Interesting. Really yeah. interesting. That's Steve, important We stuff. had Camel before Joe Camel. Okay. And we lost it, and then Steve got it. And oh, that's Was funny. it Steve um, something field? Or? Degasse, Steve DeGrasse. DeGrasse. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. That's he now has so a town in Philadelphia. Really? Because he sold Sailor Jerry for $750 million in Ooh. that town. Wow. I could think a of good towns smart in other guy. states. Smart well, guy. He's the yeah. other smart guy. When he did Hendrix Gym, yeah. in his contract was he would be the agency for life. Yeah. Wow. Which is funny. I worked on William Grant and remember that deal because they... Yeah. And, you're and like, then he kept that same deal with Sailor Jerry. Yeah. That's the ultimate advertising yeah. win, isn't smart it? Smart guy. Smart guy. Yeah, you have to be. And the, both those brands, it's so funny working in the liquor business. And we'll talk because you're in it, you know, you're right. in it right now. How amazingly beautiful and dimensionalized those brands are and how no one else can quite figure out how to replicate right. that. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre because here's this perfect example. Well, he also came up with a, with a taste profile for, say, for, uh, Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix. Yeah. To have whatever the juniper. Or, well, they lessened the juniper. Yeah. And that's what makes it so popular. And yeah. they added a couple other botanicals. But. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. Well, we're, this is with, we're with Jack Thorwegan, if you don't know that voice. And lots of people in town probably do. Um, one of the great legends, mentors. Everyone has a Jack story. Uh, a huge impact on this city. So anyway, Jack, it's great to see you, man. Good. Good it's to be been here. a long time. Thanks for asking. I know. Well, yeah, and it's funny. Um, and then this, I'm going to introduce my co-host for this uh, foreseeable future, as long as she'll have us, Jen <laughs> Ertley. Um, hey, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah. What are you up to, Jen? 
these days? Um, Tell these us what's days, I just uh, I just uh, left my own startup and yeah. went to work for Bonfire, which is. Uh, you want culture to plug engagement, them? sure. Yeah. Culture and engagement app on your phone does a lot more than that, but that's kind of the uh, the synopsis. So I'm leading their client service team. Client um, success team is what we call success. it now, Jen. It that's the success. new account executive is called client success. Yeah, we call it client success. Good. Yeah, so I like that's what that. I'm doing. The terms have changed. The titles have changed since we were. Hey, that's a new one on me. I haven't yeah. heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. That's funny. So yeah, well, we were just talking about spirits, and let's let's start with your new gig, this new agency that you've got, and tell us about Proof, because it's re- it's very specific and very interesting, Jack. Yeah, um, <laughs> Proof started. Stop me if I keep drabbling on here, but yeah. Proof started with a a kid came to me. I don't know, maybe four years ago, five years ago. And he was developing a vodka in Illinois, somewhere okay. in Illinois. Yeah. And he went through the whole process of getting a license, and it was the first craft license in Illinois in over 100 years. Wow. So he did did a lot of work, and I kind of took him under my wing, and um, he was financed by a terrible man um, (laughs) in every sense of the word. And it got to where they were making a presentation to uh, their attorney, who happens to be our attorney, uh, got him into China somehow. Yeah. And in China, um, table service is a whole other meeting over there. So you, okay. you, you can't go into a bar in China, a, you know, a classy bar, and order a drink. You get a whole bottle, and you have to pay for that bottle. Gotcha. Um, so we designed a bottle for them for introduction in China, and then the Chinese people, four Chinese people, came over to talk to him and interview him. Uh-huh. And the owner, who thought this was a classy act, uh, got out his new iPhone and started showing them nude girls, <laughs> thinking this was a guy thing and yeah, yeah, all this stuff. They immediately left the meeting. Um, That's a sales tactic I hadn't heard about. I know. Let's yeah, let's file that away. Unbeknownst to to <laughs> us, the owner owned it, but he had no money in it. So the financiers called us, me and Mitch, yeah. Mr. Yep. Uh, and asked us if we would take over the brand and be the owners of the brand, uh-huh. and they would finance us. And the brand really had nothing going for it. It had a bad name. It had a bad bottle except for ours. Yeah. Um, they were no longer making the juice themselves. They were buying ethanol and watering it down, so it was no longer a craft spirit. Right. So there was nothing to buy, so we passed. Right. They then told us that they had been lobbying Illinois for medical marijuana for the last three years. Same group? Same group. Okay. Story gets better. (laughs) (laughs) So they asked us if we would put together the proposal for a license in Illinois. So we did. Mitch decided to invest in it. I decided not to. Right. But I did the creative work and yep. so on and so forth. And this is Mitch Myers. This yeah. is Mitch Myers. Um, we got the license, and it ended up that the three guys that had all the money that were in, the investors were also felons. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't have the license. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. So That's so funny. Mitch got the license. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just self, there. background check. So you're hanging out with lots of credible people in Illinois. Well, it, it, it's interesting. Together. The people that got into the marijuana business are yeah. very similar to people that open bars. Yeah. And, Makes and sense. they're risk takers. Yeah. And they're typically 
very storied personnel people. Sure. Yeah. And they're extremely fun to hang out with. Yeah. So, <laughs> would you describe yourself that way, risk taker? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Extremely fun to hang out with. <laughs> so that got the ball started. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've always been a marijuana fan. Yeah. You know, I've done it ever since high school. Yeah. And, um, we stopped for about 10 years and then my wife got cancer and mm -hmm. we got back into it. It really helped her yeah. with her cancer mm -hmm. problems. Yeah. Uh, so you really saw the benefit of the medical side of huge, it. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Wow. And uh, then my son, uh, he inherited a... He's got a really bad disc problem in his back. Mm -hmm. It's a degenerative spine, so he's really in crucial amounts of pain. Oh. Um, it got to where he was taking about fixy Oxycontin a day. Oh, my God. And he was pretty... He wasn't himself mentally yeah. because you mm -hmm. can't take that kind of that much dope and be that way. Yeah. yeah. So he just quit told turkey and, and went on cannabis and... It's been okay? It's fine. Wow. That's that's quite no, a... I, I can't say enough good things about it. About can't, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And, and it's evolved over time, right? Yeah. So what you what you were excited about when you were in high school or, you know, when you started smoking is very different now. One puff is equal to three joints back then. <laughs> Wow. Again, just asking for a friend. Yeah, we're, you know, we're just trying to figure this out. Right. It's huge. So the license allows you to buy and distribute or buy and sell. Well, there are two licenses. There's, yeah. there's a license to grow. Okay. And if you're a grower, you have to control that you are the brand. Mm -hmm. And you have to make your products at the grow facility. So like okay. if, if you're selling hash or if you're selling wax or oils <clears throat> or whatever right. or chocolates with it in it, you have to make it at the grow facility. Okay. And then you sell it to the distributor. Then, a, then there's a middleman, a distributor, and then there's a dispensary that sells at retail. Gotcha. Okay. And what is proof's role in that process? We are pretty much hands off on the product itself. Okay. We come up with the brand names and we design the brands and the mm -hmm. brand strategy. Um, my son, who has gotten pretty adept at extracting the oils from the plant and making stuff out of it does that part of it. Okay. So He's the product guy. He's the product guy. Okay. He's going to be moving to Colorado and we're going to open up in Colorado around March. Oh, cool. So Proof is just the agency that's doing all this and then the Crafted Spirit's still doing that. We're still doing that on the side, yeah. Okay. So you've got your own clients. You own, it's the model of kind of owning the product that you're working on or being involved in the product that you're working on. Well, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what made it an easy transition for us is yeah. the rules for cannabis are very similar to the rules for alcohol. Yeah. There's lots so of there was no learning curve for us mm -hmm. yeah. on what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And um, we found that very helpful when we meet and talk to people. Yeah. And a lot of them have made a lot of mistakes doing stuff that's clearly not legal. Yeah. But they already spent the money on it and now they're back backtracking and Trying to get back in it. That's interesting. Oh. Well, to be a, that's a, it's a really, it's obviously an expansively growth industry, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's, um, last year it was almost 7 billion. Wow. By 2020, they expect it to be 22 billion. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how, like, the alcohol business is being affected by the marijuana business, right? The, I think. Well, last year in Colorado, the, yeah. the, 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 the tax that the state imposes on alcoholic products, adult yeah. beverages. Yeah was half what they made out of cannabis for one year. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. And that's a big deal. That's going to wake up a lot of states' eyes. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, and I think, yeah, just as a, you know, Jen and I both 
no longer partake in any of these things, but we've had our, we certainly know the products, <laughs> know the effects. But I think if I had to tell my you know, kids. it's a misdemeanor, by the way, in Missouri. It is? It is. It's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor. It's $25 fine. Oh, okay. So it's almost nearly legal. <laughs> That's funny. But I think I would tell my kids to smoke pot over it, drink alcohol. I I, absolutely. Yeah. If, absolutely. if you're going to choose one. That's funny. So it's funny that you've stayed with Mitch this entire time. This right. has been a long time. How long have you been with her, and where, where did you guys meet? I met Mitch at the uh, Anheuser-Busch. Okay. You know, when, was she a client? I'm sorry? Was she one of your clients? Is she, that... was a client. she was our favorite client. Of course. <laughs> um, and uh, can I cuss on this thing? I think sure. you can, Jack. You go ahead. Just let it go. Um now it's not as much fun that you have permission. Mitch, Mitch was in charge of Bud Light. Okay. And so we, you know, she came up with spuds. So I had heard that about her. That's true. That's true. Okay. It's her, it's her baby. And uh, that was really her kind of claim to fame. Yeah. And we did everything for spuds. Gotcha. So that kind of got us a little more claim to fame. Yep. Uh, she then went on to become the head of, and we started something called the the new beverage group, and they were, they were branching out and trying to get into things other than beer. Yeah. She went on to head that. Okay. Like the innovation, the precursor to the innovation group or whatever they were. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we loved her. We had everything in common. We mm -hmm. played as hard as we worked. And uh, and then the, the then president of Anheuser-Busch, and I won't say his name because he's no longer living, um, it was a very much a men's club over there. Yeah. And the head of marketing was a guy named Jack McDonough, yeah. who um, rose up through the ranks and mm -hmm. great guy, very brilliant guy. Yeah. He wanted to make Mitch a vice president. Okay. And <laughs> told her that no C word will ever become a vice president mm. while I'm in this company. <laughs> wow. So that night we went out drinking and uh, she, I hired her. Wow. That was it. That was it. That's so funny. That's a great story. Yeah, and she was uh, she was clearly the only adult in our office. Clearly, at the time. <laughs> and how big? So where are you guys at at that moment in time? Are you at on... that moment? We we were on the river. Okay. I don't know if you knew about the river. No, I remember the next place. We had a, we had a, I had bought a mansion on the river. And, okay. And we were there. We were, we were right on the cliffs. Down like South Broadway. Yeah. Okay. South Broadway. That's cool. Um. So we were there, and we were probably ten people. Okay. Yeah, like who's who's in this crew at this time? Well, it's interesting. The, the third person I hired was a chef. <laughs> um, and that was really because of Pentagram. I was always a big fan of Pentagram. And I don't know if you guys know what Pentagram uh -uh. is. I'm not Pentagram's in New York. It's 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 internationally known as the best design firm in the world. Yeah. Okay. And, and they are. Okay. Still to this day. Still to this day. Wow. Um they they always had a chef because they didn't want to have to leave the office and stuff like that. So yeah. we we hired a girl from France and she would come in and make breakfast, lunch, and dinner if people wanted dinner to go. So when Mitch came in, we were about eight people. Um, I don't know the people that we, you would know. Would you, you know Jeff Hudson? Yeah, he was Heard one the of the original eight. Okay, Bill Harrington. Yeah, yeah. All all those names sound familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And then from there, like. That's not a big agency at that time. So I think Mitch no. has taken a flyer. She's taken a flyer, yeah. <laughs> she must have seen something in you. 
and where yeah. you were going. Well, or? she appreciated what we brought to the table yeah. versus what other agencies at the time were bringing to the table yeah. with Anheuser Busch. Yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, I was embarrassed being in the room with most of the other agencies. Really? And it's and I didn't look at it. It's not that we were better. It's that they were worse. <laughs> And they, the majority of them were clearly in it for maintaining the status quo yeah. and maintaining social relationships with the clients rather than delivering good work. Yeah. And we were judged every year. All agencies were judged every year. And we were judged as the most expensive always. Wow. But there's a caveat to that. It's we were also the most... We, we always came in on budget, on the budget that we estimated. Okay. So everybody else would do a bait and switch. They'd yeah. go in there and they would leave out this and leave out that, lowball it, and then add all these client additions. Yeah. Did you believe um, that Mitch could maintain those relationships with AB or was that a big risk? There was no risk. I mean, Mitch could maintain a relationship with a pack of wolves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's, she's just a very smart... She's an extremely smart woman that you can talk to like a man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she could cuss and, and tell nasty jokes with the best of them. Right. Um, but there was an aloofness. And Mitch, you, you knew from the get-go that you don't mess with her, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. She was the sheriff. She was the yeah. sheriff. Well-respected. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, that was her nickname, right? Yeah, that, well, that was her title. That was her title. Oh. That was her title, not just her nickname. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, so when I got there, Zipatoni had gone from eight people to 300 people. And, like, what was, how long a period was this? Well, when I left, we were close to 400. Yeah, 400. That's, and we had five offices. Big agency. Well, I, th I think the, the the big transition came in when, when we moved to Olive. Yeah. You weren't there at Olive, were you? I don't think I was. I when think we I moved to Olive, we probably were 115 people. Okay. Oh, that's good. And That's substantial. And I'd say 60% of our business was Anheuser-Busch, okay. but it was 0% of our profit. Anheuser-Busch never looked at work strategically. They looked at it biasly. Oh, my wife doesn't like blue. Right. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. What's what's the cleaning person walking in the hall? Think right. of this layout. <laughs> so, and then another thing about Anheuser-Busch is we, we would send them an invoice, let's say, for 300000 mm -hmm. 90 days later, we would get a check for $254,035. Mm -hmm. And we'd call them up and they'd say, well, that's what we thought it was worth now. Right. And that's just as insulting. And they didn't do it to just us. They did that to carpenters and electricians and... yeah. People like that. Wow. So we resigned Anheuser-Busch. We, we sent him a letter. I said, we, you know, we both sent him a letter to August the 3rd and August the 4th. And um, we couriered it over that afternoon. The police showed up, took out everything that had Anheuser-Busch on it. Wow. Which the police came into your place. Police came in our place. With the actual St. Louis PD? Yeah. Wow. That's Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> this is almost the same department <laughs> and took everything out of your place. Yeah, everything that, that had, had AB on it. it. That's incredible. We were quite happy with that. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great story. Um, yeah, it's a nice way to purge everything. Prior to sending that letter, we had a we had lunch with our bank, and this is an interesting story. We were, I forgot what restaurant. Dominic's. We were at Dominic's. Yeah, 
And the table next to us was some VPs from Manager Bush. Okay. And we were going to tell the bank what we were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we came up with code names. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the bank was pretty freaked out. I bet. Um, but we started, uh, we, so we, we started with Miller. Yeah. And they had a beer called Red Dog. Yeah, remember that? Uh, that they had just bought from Canada. Yeah. And so that was our entree. Oh, cool. So with Anheuser-Busch, we were probably doing $3 million a year. We went on to nothing, with maybe 3 to $5 million, maybe nothing uh, with, with Miller. And then within, within 18 months, we got all of Miller. Yeah. Um, yeah, they put the whole thing out to bid and zip No, they didn't take it out to bid. We they just, didn't. You just won the they whole thing. They just gave it to us. Wow. We were shocked. But it's interesting because we were, they, they told us at the time, we were the first agency that said no to them. Ah. You know, they would give us an idea that came from Fallon or Wyden. Yeah. And we were going to do the collateral. And it's like, well, this sucks. We can't do this. Yeah. And we'd lose that job. Yeah. Um, but apparently it rang true with the senior management and it worked out okay. That's cool. Uh, so we we got all of Miller in the beginning of October and we had to hire 125 people by the first week in January. Yeah, so I think that's rush. when I got hired. It was with that a giant group of people. Yeah, yeah the, uh, that's probably the only reason I got hired because you're desperate for warm bodies with the pulse. We were desperate. <laughs> so so that after funny. that experience, what's it like to be in startup phase again? Yeah. yeah do you, does it Wonderful. feel like startup? Does Wonderful. it? <laughs> well, it got to where, I mean, you know, we got Miller and then we got Bacardi. We got all of Bacardi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Miller was 21 million, Bacardi was 10 million. So we were now in another league. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And quite honestly, I, I I went from being a happy creative director mm-hmm. to a counselor. <laughs> and I did not like that. Yeah. Uh, and nothing against your field, but I would fight with HR all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, HR does HR things. And when you get that big, you need that. Right. Um, yeah, they're just trying like to it. keep you out of, out of jail, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Are they? And most most companies <laughs> treat HR as the attack dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to fire somebody, sick HR on them. Right. Well, that's a cowardly way to fire somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good thing to do. So. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of having to get talent in your agency quickly, right? Right. Creative Circle is a specialized staffing agency that connects innovative advertising, marketing, creative, digital, and interactive professionals with companies seeking talent on a full-time or freelance basis. I have been a creative director in this town, and I have used Creative Circle, and I've always had my experience to be premium and one of the best. You have heard of Creative Circle, Jen? Absolutely. Okay. They call on you. They used to when yeah. I was in an HR role, but yeah. but yeah. They're good. They are the leader in creative staffing business for over 14 years across the country. They were the number one marketing creative staffing firm last year, and they are poised to do that again. They have a team of people working tirelessly to find positions fitting your skill set. Plus, they can prepare you for the interview in a manner that gives you help. If you are an employer out there looking for creative talent or if you are someone in the freelance business trying to find a place that you can call home to get you gigs, there's no better place than Creative Circle. So there we go. Yeah. And is there a, a definition of a craft? Sp- it's interesting because craft breweries have taken off, mm-hmm. but craft spirits seems like a, either new or lagging behind. I know there's one in my neighborhood, Lafayette Square. There's a Square One's doing some right. distillation. And I don't know if that's considered a craft place. You're considered a craft yeah. if you 
personally make your product. Okay. Like Tito's was the most famous mm-hmm. brand of vodka that started off as a craft. It was, mm-hmm. and, and the guy literally made it in his bathtub and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he made it for his friends for Christmas. Um, he now buys ethanol. Okay. And waters it down like a whole bunch of other people. And, wow. and he's being sued along with a lot of other people because they're still calling it handmade vodka and it's not handmade vodka. Interesting. So, so at some point, it's hard to keep up with the volume. Yeah, just it just gets the... It gets, it's really a do or a die big. thing. Yeah. You know, any brand out there that you, you perceive as a great vodka, for example, yeah. nobody makes their vodka. Mm-hmm. There right. are companies that just make ethanol and they pump that shit out. And so how big is Proof? Proof is just five people. And do you like it that way? I love it that way. <laughs> um, we do all of our production overseas. Um, we work a lot with artists in South Africa, uh, Russia, and Hong Kong via Behance. Right. It's a wonderful tool. I mean, I'll pay no more than 10 cents on the dollar. Wow. And so they're happy that, to get it. Is that more wow. of like a crowdsourcing model then through Behance? Do you I don't think so. I mean, there? Behance is set up for creative people to show their work to the world. Okay. Uh, we don't crowdsource stuff. We don't. Yeah. We don't send it out to bid. I mean, we 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 find an artist we like. We make a deal and and we do it. Oh, that's cool. So you can use different artists all the time. Yeah, it's kind of the LinkedIn, right? Of yeah, the, yeah, the it is. World? It's kind of a LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a good way of putting it. And and quite honestly, at this stage, most of the craft spirit people and the people in cannabis that are getting into cannabis, they don't have the kind of budgets. Yeah. That national advertisers yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'd say they're less than half. Uh, but we look at that as an investment on our part now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the big guys are going to get into this sooner or later. Yeah. You know, there's there's three brands out there now that have hired Pentagram, and Pentagram really kind of starts at 100000 Okay, you to know, do so anything. that's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. Like you've got some money at that point. So you're small and sounds like scrappy, and you like being an entrepreneur again right. and being in the startup phase. What's your vision for the business overall then? I'm not really sure. At the, at the time, it was, you know, build it up over five years and sell it. Mm-hmm. I think it's still going to be a sell it kind of a thing because, you know, if, if, if it does go national, if, if the government does change the, the classification of what cannabis is, mm-hmm. then everybody's going to want to buy the agencies that have experience doing this stuff. Right. Um, currently, it's a free-for-all, quite honestly, and I'd say... 95% of the people in the business are functioning at a high school level of mm-hmm. creativity. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So that's it's, your it's differentiator, sad. It is right? sad. It's really sad. So that's it's, your that's your differentiator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's always good to be creative. Mm-hmm. If you, five years from now, if you sell this business, what will you do next as a creative? Cook. Jack's an incredible chef, right? I mean, you've been well, at the Well, what happened time. when, 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 when my wife yeah. got her diagnosis... Yeah. Uh, when I retired, I always wanted to go to uh, the CIA, the Culinary Institute out in California. Okay. Her disease stopped that. So luckily I had, I had the funds. I hired a chef from the CIA full-time, and he was with us for three years. And he taught me what he learned, and I taught him what I learned from expense account eating <laughs> and traveling. <laughs> That's one thing a chef is, is really hindered. You know, these kids don't have any money, and unless you're in a city like Manhattan or Chicago or San Francisco, you don't really know what, what good bolognese tastes like. Yeah. 
you have to travel to know that. Yeah. So let's let's go back to the moment because uh, at some point Zipatoni becomes so big, so lucrative that Footcone, right? IPG. Who buys you guys? Uh, a guy named Frank Lowe. Frank Lowe. Yes, yeah. from Lowe and from Partners. Lowe. Yeah. Yeah, which is a big In global England. shop. Yeah. But that's interesting. We had we had four offers. We had yeah. Okay. Um, TBWH Hot Day, Fallon, and McCann. And That's Frank... A, those are all players. Yeah, they're all players. But all Frank players. was the only guy that cared about creative. Really? Yeah. And all those people. Everybody else cared about cash flow. Wow. Sad. That is sad. Because Fallon, we were working with at the time on Miller. And they had... Uh, we worked a lot with Fallon on, yeah. on High Life and Widen on... No, Fallon on Light and yeah. Widen on High Life. Yeah, yeah. But but they I learned like, a lot working, work, working with those guys. Yeah. That helped a lot. Yeah, they had some really uh, well-known creatives that are still do some great work at mm-hmm. the time. That's interesting. And, but the companies themselves didn't have that creative culture, and Frank Lowe did. Oh, no. When you look back on that moment in time, do you regret any of those things? Or was that the, like, it was like, yes, that was the moment to sell this thing, and that was it, or we should have held on, or we should have done it sooner? Or... I don't regret anything. It, yeah. it, it, you know, after I sold it, I realized how burnt out I was. Uh, and I was burnt out being a consular. Yeah. Not, you know, that was 80% of my day. Yeah. People yeah. would come to you and just want about it's whatever. Putting out fires. Yeah. Because it had, it had a culture. It's funny because I had, I had just done a stint at New Honor Society. And so you're sort of in the space that you designed, right? right. It's still the Jack Thorigan, amazing post-industrial. I don't know where you got half that stuff that's in there, but it's, it is amazing. Like that must have taken you forever to find that. Not really. Really? It was um, just around St. Louis. At the time, the, I don't know what it's called, the, the mental health hospital on, yeah. over on Arsenal, uh, it was huge. And it was, yeah. It, yeah. It, everybody called it the nut house. Kids yeah. called it the nut house yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, well, yeah. they were tearing it down. So we went in there and got everything. For, oh, wow. For nothing. It's just for the cost of tearing it down. And then Mitch's brother was That's in funny. charge of selling old equipment and... Mm-hmm. Replacing it with rebuilt equipment and stuff okay. like that for the brew houses. Okay. Wonderful chrome shit, you know, stainless steel stuff. And yeah. so he would just give us a call and say, hey, come by and pick this truck up. And yeah. I'm curious what you got from the nut house. <laughs> the best thing we got from the nut house was autoclaves. You know what an autoclave mm-hmm. is? Looks like a submarine door made out of stainless steel. Mm. Wow. And it, you spin them, and they're just really cool. And what did they use those for in the nut house? <laughs> it sterilizes tools. Someone's calling for a fix. Yeah. Um, it sterilizes tools, did you say? Yeah. Okay. Like scalpels and stuff like that. Okay. And it's, okay. It's very high-pressure steam, which is why it's built so sturdy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Where did it, the giant, uh, was it a smiling tomato? The tomato? Yeah. No, the tomato was the original sign for 905 Liquors on 9th and Market. Oh, I don't know if you, you, you guys aren't old enough to know 905. 905 Liquors on 9th and Market. I'm picturing where 9th and Market is. Okay. And so you got that tomato. Well, I was just driving by one day, and <laughs> I, the, the, the store was closing. And um, I wanted to know if they wanted to say It wasn't a tomato then. It was the world. Right. Um, so I made them an offer. And, <laughs> and there you go. We, well, that turned, lasted for a long time. Mm-hmm. It did. We so, turned it into a, a tomato. And, yeah. It was, around, it was around for quite a while. It's funny. We we put it in ninth. We put it in the ninth and Olive office. Yeah. And then when we moved it down to five 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 Washington, the news actually filled bus moving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right, are we ready for our speed round? I was just throw out some questions. Who are your creative heroes, Jack? When when you look what? creative heroes. There's a guy named Seth Williams. Okay. When I first got married, I got married when I was 21. And when I was 23, we moved to Philadelphia. I wanted to go to New York, but my wife was a little intimidated by New York, so we settled in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I went to work for an industrial design firm. And Seth was the head industrial designer. Okay. And this is obviously all pre-computer. And mm-hmm. he could draw those stereo speakers with pastels, and you would think it's a photograph. Mm-hmm. And he could do it in half an hour. Yeah. He was just one of those guys. Yeah. He was the... First guy to singularly design the interior of a commercial jet, and the last guy to singularly design an automobile, which was the the 1939 Plymouth. He lived in a house out in the woods that he built with his wife, and they were nudist at night. <laughs> Who's not? But the house was all glass. Mm. Oh wow! But it was in the woods. Oh great. Right. And his office, uh, his office was in the Museum of Modern Art. Wow. So this is a hot shit guy. Yeah, this right. is a hot shit and guy. I really learned a lot from him. I bet. So this was your first experience, kind of your first mentorship or f- having someone. This was my job. first job. Okay. My first real job. Yeah. Did he take you under his wing and just sort of show you the ropes? Or he, just... he did. Yeah. And, 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 and the sad part about it is he, he got bought. Okay. And the guy that bought it came in and he was a... Not a nice man. Um, and back then, he, he got an account where somebody started making, oh, J.C. Pennies. It was J.C. Pennies. Yeah. They were going to make furniture out of Jack Daniels whiskey barrels. Oh. I'm sure at one time or another, you've probably seen it. Yeah. You know, they made the barrel chairs yeah, and the tables yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. So we got the contract to design all that. Okay. Included in that bundle was a gun cabinet. Okay. And Seth was very much anti-gun. So Seth, uh, so the guy that bought it, this guy named Harper, he comes back from lunch drunk, which was a daily occurrence for him. He calls out Seth in front of everybody for not doing the gun cabinet, not when he designed the gun cabinet. Right. He tells them either to commit designing the gun cabinet right here and now or pack up his things and leave. And it was extremely eye-opening to me that an asshole money guy... Yeah could say this to a genius yeah. and get away with it. And so that made me never want to work for an asshole. <laughs> wow. So it was, I'm very lucky that that happened to me early in my career. Yeah, where you saw this. And yeah. have you avoided asshole money guys for the most part? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth, We luckily have never had to take an account for the money. That's amazing. Yeah. I and mean, that's truly amazing. That speaks to just doing incredible work across... Time, right? That's the only way you can do yeah. incredible work. Is just to commit to it. And well, not, if you take it for the money, yeah. then then you've got to do what they tell you to do. Yeah. Well, why would you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone does it all, all day long. Yeah, I know. That's the business, Jack. <laughs> right? That's the world, right? Right. Well, for the most part. Well, it it wasn't when I was yeah. around. Yeah. And the, the the trouble with the other agencies in St. Louis was they thought like St. Louis agencies. Mm-hmm. Nobody in St. Louis, we, we didn't consider anybody here our competitors. We considered our competitors, the guys in New York, and sure. the guys doing the the work that you get into this business for in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, okay, right, what do you look for as a creative director? 
What do you look for in an idea? Do you still have people pitching you stuff or are you, st- are you doing them all now? I'm doing it all now. You're doing it all. So when do you know when you got it? Is there that moment? I always knew when I had it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, I was born with it. It's not something I, I learned or, or I, I can give myself credit for. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it's... it's like Woody Allen once said, he, he said, I should never get any credit for all of my writing because I can't help it. And that's the way it has been true. for you. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, it's, I think it's great still doing this incredibly high level of work in these two f- totally new industries, right? I mean... Well, it's still all about ideas. Yeah. And do you think, it's funny because lots of agencies now, there's very specialized in digital and strategy and there's a whole lot more complications that you need to bring to a client to make them feel good about spending money. Yes. And when it comes down to it, it's still... It's still the idea. Yeah, right? All they're doing is justifying the invoice. Even more so than ever. And I can see um, from a client standpoint with the amount of uh, data you can get that you, you know, before you put your money down, it's like you want as much stuff to know so you can make it as less risky as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it still comes down to whether the idea can is going to somehow emotionally connect. And right. it's so hard to measure. It's so hard to figure that out. And I think that's why, that's why obviously we get hired, right? Well, then, and I mean, quite honestly, yeah. once, once we got Miller, yeah, we stopped being perceived as a boutique. Right. And, you know, prior to Miller, we're just another little boutique agency that does some creative stuff. Right. We got Miller, and then when we got Bacardi, Bacardi said, well, you got Miller. So then wherever we went, they said, well, you got Bacardi. Yeah. So we were no longer a gamble against their position. Yeah. Like, if they hire a boutique and you screw up, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brave brand managers are very hard to come by. The, their first priority is keeping their job. Yeah. Their second priority is moving the needle. When you got those two accounts, was it harder to um, maintain that boutique kind of feel about your agency? Oh, not at all. <laughs> Just gave you more resources to be able to, to do that? Well, we had more resources, and we played as hard as we worked. And that's really important, you know. It's, it's, we made people take vacations. Uh, we paid good bonuses. I mean, if you don't have a happy employee at home, you're not going to have a happy employee at work. Mm-hmm. So we did as much as we could to... I would say that, like that Zip had the most uh, unique culture of any agency I'd been around. Like very purposeful, thoughtful. It felt like it was kind of high schooly in the passion and excitement every day, and there was a and lot. humor. Yeah, and humor. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Definitely high school humor. <laughs> totally. Definitely sexist. Yeah. I mean, just all of it, right? It was. Yeah. It was of the moment, but I think the culture flows from the top down. I mean, right. you know, and it really does. I, I, I find that, and it was a. Really unique. I sold culture. it and left in 2001. Okay, I don't think I was there by then. But anyway, Mitch stayed on for another couple of years. Did she? Yeah, that's so great that you guys are still together. Is she still in town? Still living. Well, in town? she's never lived in town. She yeah, always she lives, in, she lives in Edwardsville. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Edwardsville, Illinois. Yeah. Doesn't she have a place way in? She also has a place in Colorado. Yeah, way up there. I used to go camping up there. It's a beautiful spot of the world. Yeah, she's in uh, Carbondale. Yeah, by the Frying Pan River. I fished that river. That's interesting. That's cool. All right. That river is actually in her backyard. Is it? Yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful out there. All right. Do you, so if if uh, this entire life of work, you got any wisdom that you'd, if I'm, for those people starting agencies out there, <laughs> well, you got any wisdom to pass Well, it's on? interesting. I, I can only speak to my time, I think. Yeah. And during my time, I'd say there's, 
I probably employed 50 people that I thought were so damn good. Yeah. Why aren't you starting your own agency? Yeah. And what stopped them from starting their own agency was three paychecks. And they won't admit it. If I can do without three months worth of paychecks, mm -hmm. I can start my own agency. And that's what stops them from, from going from employee to entrepreneur. Yeah. Today, I see a lot of overinflated egos out there that, that think I can do this. Yeah. And they blame a client not buying something on the stupidity of the client right. rather than the lack of sales ability of themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's not right. When the clients are actually very brave people. I mean, they've got a job and they have a budget and they're going to give you $100,000 for this project. Yeah. Well, would you give them $100,000 to do this project? Right. It's going to take some balls on your part to do that. Yeah. You know, not having sat in clients' shoes, you have no idea what their world's like in the uh, tremendous pressure. It's nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> it is nasty. And in some organizations, you're just really nasty. Like Anheuser-Busch, when we worked there, was relatively tame comparatively to other, you know, operations where you're like, oh, this is a backstabbing, horrible culture. Right. Yeah, and that's just brutal. Well, anything, did we miss anything, Jack? I mean, I know there's probably lots of stuff out there, but I think we got the basics, got the good stuff. Yeah. There's a million stories. That's good. Well, anyway, congratulations on still doing this thing and finding, like, I love that you got four people and you're just, it's like, that's the perfect, right? Yeah, it it's is. Totally killer. Still doing fun work, but you don't have to put up with all that bullshit. At some point, it just becomes overwhelming. Well, and no overhead. I mean, I was so yeah. burned out on overhead. that. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Silly. Well, it sounds like you've got this, yeah, really great, awesome thing cooking. If Are you looking for other clients, like craft spirits? And is that Not really. I mean, it's... You we, got what you got. We have no sales. I mean, yeah. it's, all, it's all been word of mouth. Yeah. And we're pretty happy with word of mouth. Yeah. You know, when we do something for somebody, they tell somebody and yeah. or somebody sees that. And yeah. It's a, it's a small industry, I'm sure, craft spirits and medical marijuana. Or they all kind of know each other. The craft spirits people all pretty much know each other. The marijuana people don't. Okay. Um, They're too high to care, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> but, you know, last year there was over 800 new distilleries in America. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. In one year. That's amazing. You know, there's currently, uh, I'm going to screw it up, but it's, it's in the thousands of brands of marijuana yeah. out there, That's both awesome. recreational and medical. All right. Uh, if you want to check out Jack's agency, it's proofagency.com. Jack Thorian, thank you so much for being My on pleasure. the show. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jen. And remember, whether you're looking for creative talent or you're a creative type looking for exciting opportunities, Creative Circle is the solution. They understand your business and will provide you with top creative talent, ideally suited to your needs. They've got offices from St. Louis to L.A. to Fort Lauderdale and everywhere in between. Check out their website, creativecircle.com, for more information. Creative.